Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just guide our thoughts as we open your word, that you are the one that breaks the seal and opens the scroll, and that we're just privileged to talk about it. The Holy Spirit, I pray that you would guide our thoughts, you would guide my thoughts, and that you would speak to every single individual person for exactly what they need and what you want them to hear. Would this not be gauged on a scale of, oh, that was a good message, but it would be, I heard from the Lord. Lord, we love you. We love you. You are the Holy One. You're the Worthy One. You're a wonderful counselor. You're a healer. You're our provision, our protector. And I am infatuated with you. but I want to be more. Teach me to be more. In Jesus' name, amen. Are we well? Yes? Just feel the weight of the Lord in the room. So I'm sorry if I weep. Okay. My goal is to talk about a parable tonight, and we'll see where it goes. Okay. Um, how many of you, do you guys know how many parables there are? If you were to ballpark, how many parables do you think there are in all all of Jesus' teachings. We can talk about the different parables, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Jesus' parables. How many, if you were to just guess, you know, don't blurt out an answer right away. Think of them. Think, you know, just do a quick inventory. Like, I'll, I'll give you some cheat code ones. You know, the, the pearl, the, the soil, the hidden treasure. How many do you think there are? Okay, who's feeling bold and saying, 15? Who's higher or lower? 23. Who's higher than that? Who's lower than that? Come on, have fun with me. Ashton, how many do you think there are? Probably 30. 30? Okay. How many do you think there are? 20. 20? Guesses? About 20? Huh? 15. How many do you think? 17. There's 50. There's 50 parables in all of Jesus' teachings. Yeah, some of them are essentially, you know, the same kind of kingdom principle, but packaged in a different, uh, yep, packaged in a different way of saying it. Yeah, there's a better word for that, but I can't think of it. I want to talk about the parables because I think, we take them for granted sometimes. It's just like, oh, yeah, the lost coin. Sure, cool. The crazy lady who went and tried to find the lost coin. Sure, great. And then she told all of her neighbors about it. What a weirdo. 
right? But I want to, there's, there's a reason why he spoke this way. And there's a reason why he decided to, why he decided to talk about the things that he talked about, right? He didn't just say things for the sake of saying things like we sometimes do. Oh, crazy weather out there, you know? Jesus never said that. <laughs> he calmed it, you know? <laughs> he wasn't like, wow, that's a big wave. Now he's like, hey, shut up, peace be still, right? And that's the way he kind of interacted with life. And we just kind of say things for the sake of saying things. And I guess probably for the rest of this year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my, my burden is shifting just a little bit in the sense of, I think you guys understand how important it is to be still and get in your secret place, <laughs> right? Because that's the same message I've shared every single week since we started this, okay? Now I want to shift into, hey, did you forget who Jesus is? And hey, remember who he is, yeah? Because my friend, my very, very dear friend, Steve, says, I think if Paul and Jesus came back at the same time, more Christians would follow Paul instead of Jesus. <laughs> I know, it's a, it's a weird thing to wrestle with. and I've never even thought of it until he, it came out of his mouth. And I was just like, dude, why do you do that to me? You know, I want to be the person who says, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. I'm leaving everything. And I'm going to follow him. And I'm going to breathe the same air he's exhaling. You know, I want to be as close as I can to him. That's him. He's here, right? That's who I want to be. Okay? And I feel like we just have turned Jesus into an action figure instead of the worthy one. I feel like we've turned Jesus into a Santa Claus instead of that man who died on the cross so that I could live. He's not a logo, right? He's the one, right? Way better than Neo from The Matrix. He's the one. He is the one. So I want to, if you could title this as a series, probably for the rest of the year, and we'll see. Probably for the rest of the year, it's going to be back to the red. Okay? And what's that mean? Well, the, my Bible has Jesus, everything that Jesus says in red. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. Okay? Getting back to what he was talking about what he cared enough to open his mouth and talk about. Yes? Yes? Are you guys with me? Yes. You okay? We have a pulse tonight? Okay. So, the way I'm going to start out by doing that for the, probably the rest of the year is by going through parables. Okay? Because they're important. Okay? And they're fun to talk about. They're fun to study. They're fun to preach. They're, they're just fun, okay? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm really enjoying studying them, so whatever. Okay. Turn to Matthew 13. 
Matthew 13, Matthew 13. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you where yet. Okay? When you're there, say, Lex, I'm paying attention. Good, that's prophetic. You ever been a part of something where you like spent a lot of time on it and then somebody came in and blew it up? Right? <laughs> Maybe in your workplace you felt this, right? It's like, oh man, I, why are you pointing at me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm sure Madison experiences this on a daily basis, right? She cleans the house every single evening and then Miller wakes up and then wreaks havoc, <laughs> right? It's just, sometimes it's the way it goes, right? Or, hey, you, uh, if you're into Legos, right? You built this huge Lego thing, and then all of a sudden somebody comes in as Godzilla and blows it up. Or whatever it might be. Maybe it's, uh, if you're a musician, you brought a song that you poured your heart, soul, and mind into and said, hey, band, check this out. And they're like, dude, that's crap. We got to change this, 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 and this, right? Do you get it? That kind of thing where, okay, the creator was, pro was proud, right? And then somebody snuck in and blew it up, messed it up, screwed it up, right? Maybe it was a dance routine. It's like, man, I rehearsed and rehearsed rehearsed and so-and-so, <sighs> right? Whatever it might be. I don't know what vet, vet people do or else I'd help try. <laughs> but I think you just like pet dogs for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Not to diminish it, but I, I don't know what happens in there. Back when I was in high school, I worked at Hollister. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, my job title there was a model. That's what they called us. That was before tight jeans. That was straight legs, baby. Now the straight legs are back. But it's before tight jeans, and, you know, I was still a pretty good-looking guy, but whatever, that's besides the point. I have not aged well. Sorry, honey. But I worked at Hollister, okay? And the reason I worked, nah, I won't do that. Okay, I worked at Hollister, and our, it was a glorified, uh, you would fold clothes for a living, right? So this is my little story. I, literally, this, these displays. Bunch of shirts on them, bunch of jeans, all of this stuff, right? You're folding them all up. You slave over folding them. You get them all perfect because if they weren't perfect, that guy, would, your boss, would come over and say, hey, that's not that great. And then he would hand you this plastic thing and say, use this. And you would fold around the plastic thing, pull the plastic thing out so that it would look good. Okay? So I was in charge of on uh, uh, one of my shifts, one of the, like, I think the five that I worked, before then, I just stopped showing up. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Wasn't for me. Golf was more important. And I was working on another job. It was my second job. So give me a little grace. Okay, but I worked on this display, and I'll shut up in a second. Worked on this. I worked on this display, and it was all perfect. It was beautiful, right? As beautiful as folded shirts and stuff could be. I finally finished it, and then I walk away to go start on the next thing. And I realized I forgot my phone over at the, at the display. So then 30 seconds later, I walk back over to that display. It is literally blown into smithereens. 
straight up, dude. It got wrecked so fast. So, so fast. And I think often the Lord feels the same way that I felt in that moment. Of just like, I spent a good amount of time on that. And I entrusted you with it. And what happened? The parable we're going to talk about has a lot going on in it. So if you get confused, interrupt me. Don't take advantage of that, or else I'll blow you up. But if you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Just let me know, okay? Because I want you to grab all of what this parable has to offer, okay? Because there's a lot going on on it, right? There's a master who sows a good seed. There's some dudes that fall asleep. Then the enemy comes in, blows it up, and then all of a sudden, here we are, right? So I want to read it. Are you guys good? We're going to read this, go through this, and I'm going to then just bounce all over Scripture like I'm a popcorn kernel in a whirly popper, okay? And it's going to be a great time for us, and we're going to be like, whoa, all right? Because that's how I was like when I was studying it. I went rat-a-tat-tat, Jesus, that's it, all right? So... That's the stuff. That's what the doctor ordered. Matthew 13, verse 24 is where we'll start, okay? Are you guys with me? Before I read it. This is one of the few parables that is later explained by Jesus himself. So I know that this is a weird thing to preach out of because Jesus already explained it, okay? But in his explanation is more than I think we give it credit for, okay? Because his explanation is mind-blowing for reasons that you might not even realize, okay? You with me? All right, okay, cool. Let's do it. Hour and 30 minutes starting now. They're like, "Uh uh-oh. He put, he put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servants servants said to him, then do you want us to go gather them? Meaning, do you want us to go gather the weeds? But the master said, he said, no, lest in gathering the leads, you uproot the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest and at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weed, gather the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. Okay? Cool? Yeah. On paper, this is pretty straightforward, yes? We, because we are spoiled, rotten, grew up in church people, can say, oh, I know what's going on here. But do we? Do we actually know what's going on here? Because it's really interesting. I want to highlight a couple things before we get into the explanation, before we get into the next thing, okay? You with me? So 
What's fascinating is the way he starts the parable. And I know I've talked about this before, but I want to make sure we're on the same page. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to, or the kingdom of heaven is like. So what is this? It's a glimpse into what the kingdom of heaven looks like. What it actually seems to be like. Yes? Yes. What goes on and what takes place, all things of what the kingdom of heaven looks like. What's the kingdom of heaven? Tell me, literally. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> Is it a destination? Is it somewhere we're going? Tell me. Is it a culture that is actually implemented here and now? Is it a reality that I get to live in here and now? Or is it I got to die first in order to go there? What is it? What is the kingdom of heaven? Somebody help me out. Jesus is obviously a pretty main point of the kingdom of heaven. But what is it? Nobody wants to play. Oh, man. Jesus culture, that's a good answer. Jesus culture, that's a band. I completely agree. Kingdom of heaven is not only where we're going, but it's also our reality we're living in today. Kingdom of heaven is a culture that we are buying into. It's a way of thinking that we are saying yes to every single time that we wake up. We're either saying yes to it or we're saying the opposite, right? Where we are literally saying, okay, my, the implications of what I decide to do today impact my reality and where I shake out in the kingdom of heaven. Does that make sense? Okay, so with that being said, it adds a kind of a weight to what we're about to talk about, right? That I can glean from this wheat and weeds story <laughs> Of, hey, this is how I interact with the Lord? Yes, you're right. So first thing I want you to note, the kingdom of heaven is like a master who plants his own seed. Did you hear me? The kingdom of heaven is like a master who plants his own seed. It's wrong for us to think that we are planting seed. You get it? I was raised in an environment where we said, oh, we're just, we're just planting seeds out there. 
Like what? This debunks that, right? No, we're partnering with the seeds that are already planted, right? It's the beautiful picture of Apollos or uh, shoot. Oh, there it is. Paul planted, Apollos watered. Dude, I always get that mixed up, right? It's a beautiful picture into that. And it's a reality that we are, it's a co-laborship. The kingdom of heaven is like a master who plants the seeds and leaves it under the care of servants. Okay? That's point two. A master who, dude, we need curtains. I'm just getting freaking lit up, dude. I can't stand it. I'm just going to stand over here, dude. What a joke. What are these? Makes me want to like actually be on the stage, but I feel like a dork. What was I saying? Oh, a master who plants his own seed, but leaves his servants in charge of that planted seed. Yes? Who's the master in this story? God, Jesus, the Lord. Yes? Okay. The Lord is the master in this story. Who's the servants? Us. Say this. Me. Me. I think a lot of the time when we answer in <laughs> we's and us's, we're like, oh, that's, that's Benji's job. He'll do it. He'll do that. No, you are. I am. Me. I'm the servant. Yes? And these servants in this parable sucked. Can I say it? Why? Because they fell asleep. They fell asleep when they were supposed to be watching. They were asleep at the wheel. Has anybody ever fallen asleep while they've been driving? Dude, I have. You wake up and you're like, oh no, this isn't good. Right? And you get rattled, your heart's racing heavy, and then all of a sudden you want to fall asleep again. I don't get it, but it happens. I, I, I don't know why it happens, but it's stupid. Um, right? So the servant plants his own, or uh, master plants his own seeds and then says, hey, servants, tend to it. And then the servants fall asleep. When we use we's and us's and we say, oh, that's the pastor's job, or hey, that's going to be so-and-so, or great, that's a great idea for a ministry, but not for me. That's asleep. You're asleep. Right? I know nobody likes to talk about that, but what does that enable? The enemy to come in and plant different things. It enables the enemy to say, oh, look, they're asleep, bro. Let's go. Who's the enemy? Yeah. Yeah. Literally, his name is the enemy. That's like, he can't be any more clear, right? We're saying, hey, wreak havoc. Wreak havoc, right? Because what we need to understand is the sowed seed is people. Yes? And the enemy plants a different kind of seed. Yes? And no, I'm not going to preach Calvinism or any of that, but I could here. It's a slippery, slippery, slip. But... I'm not going to go there because it's not worth it, okay? But I want to talk about is, hey, am I leaving room 
for the enemy to wander into my garden? Am I leaving room, maybe better said, am I leaving room for the enemy to wander into the Lord's garden? Because it's his, right? I misspoke the first time I spoke. It's his garden that he's sowing seed into, that he is saying, hey, it's your invitation to be a part of this. And when we think servant, we usually go very, very negative. Like, oh man, those guys are getting whipped. It's a bad work environment. Oh, those people have sucked, right? They're lesser than me. Actually, they're not. You know, servants back then were actually invited into family matters. Hello? They were invited into family matters. They weren't oppressed. Yes? Just because you have oppressed yourself does not mean that you're oppressed. Am I allowed to say that here? I know, I know, I know. That was insensitive of me. But hello, wake up. They weren't oppressed. They were invited into the family, realizing that they weren't true blood. But then they said, hey, hey, I'm, let's play. I'm master, and I'm saying, hey, inv- come into my family, right? Then saying, hey, I'm taking blood covenant with you because I've invited you into the family. It's a spirit of adoption, yes? It's not a spirit of oppression that we usually think of when we talk about slave or servant, yes? Yes? Okay, so... What's crazy is master has his own garden, planting his own seed and saying, hey, come on in, tend to this for me. Yes? Servants then fall asleep. Yes? Fall asleep and then it enables enemy to come in and plant something lesser. Weed. You get it? So weeds among the wheat, and then he left. How many of you know when you're a part of the Lord's garden? This is going to be cool if I can communicate this properly. When you're part of the Lord's garden, the enemy might come in, plant something lesser, but he always goes away. He doesn't have authority to stay. We give authority when we say, remain. Where you remain is where you give authority. Where you remain is where you give authority. So the devil, the enemy, went away. So when the plants came up, oh, actually, before I move on, these weeds were called tares, T-A-R-E-S, okay? The weed that was planted was called a terror, not T-E-R-R-O-R. T-A-R-E-S, okay? Type of weed, or maybe 
better known as Darnell, D-A-R-N-E-L, okay? Darnell. And what was specific about this and why I'm telling you about this is so you can fact check me, one, that's why I gave you the names. But two, when you plant this type of weed, it actually looks like the wheat that it's planted next to. They look identical until it's harvest time. Are you with me? So when this wheat, the good stuff, is planted and it sprouts up and starts growing, but also the darnel or tares actually sprouts up and starts growing, they look identical until it's harvest time. Are you hearing me? At the moment of harvest time, you say, oh, dang, I've got weeds in my garden. I've got weeds in my garden. Weeds. Man, I miss Settlers of Catan. Man, we need to do Catan night. Just so much coffee and just play until 5 a.m. I'm in. They look the same. Okay? They look the exact same. Yes? How many of you guys have gardened before? Yeah? Have you seen a sprout of a weed come up next to the sprout of your tomato? They look the same, dude. But when they grow, it's obvious. You don't have to wait until harvest time for that, right? Do you get what I'm saying? The fascinating thing is they both are identical until harvest time. You say, man, that's jacked up. How am I supposed to know then, Lex? Ah, that's the frustrating part, dude. That's super frustrating, right? How am I supposed to know if I'm the weed or if I'm the wheat? How am I supposed to know if somebody in the room is a weed or wheat? See what the fruit looks like. Let's see what their fruit looks like, right? Let's see if the wheat actually spurts out and says, oh, hey, I'm wheat. So that's, again, it's the way it goes in my brain, right? Hey, I'm wheat. <laughs> it's like cartoon comic strip. Yeah, okay, got it. Focus, 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 focus. Do you get it, though? Let's see what happens. Because the Lord invites us, the master, sorry, invites us into the same thing. He says, no, 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 don't, don't pull the weeds. Leave it, leave it, right? We'll, we'll take care of it at the harvest. We'll gather up the weeds first, and there'll be really good kindling. And then we'll gather up the wheat, and we'll enjoy it. We'll make bread, right? Do you see the imagery in this? Okay. The fascinating thing is, as he said, leave it. You're at risk of damaging the good stuff. Leave it. You're at risk of damaging the good stuff. How many of you know that weeds usually intertwine their roots around the good stuff? That way they're tapping into the water source so that they can rip off the good stuff. Right? Anybody ever wondered why their parents, their dad, their grandpa gets really frustrated when he sees weeds in his, in his grass? Because of that exact reason. How, how about this? When you leave tonight, you're going to walk by this big old weed garden here. <laughs> Just full of weeds. Try to find some grass. 
can't. Right? That's what that spot was intended for, was a bunch of grass. Used to be grass. <laughs> okay? It's disappointing. Used to be beautiful grass, wonderful grass, where you could play all the cornhole and can jam and socks that you'd want to. But now it's weeds. Thorny crap. You're stepping on it. It hurts. It sucks. Right? Try to find some grass over there. You can't. Why? Because the weeds have taken over. Do you get it? Are you still with me? Yeah. So the master has his own garden who's planting his own seeds, who's saying, hey, servants, please partner with me. The servants fall asleep. Yes? The enemy then sneaks in, plants some crap, goes away. And then they said, Master, what's going on with your seeds? Did you catch that? We just read it together. So if you didn't catch it, just maybe go back and look at it, okay? Didn't say it that way, exact way. But what's going on with your seeds? Didn't you throw good seed? You know what I'm about to say here, right? How often are the servants running to the master and blaming him for their own lack? Oopsie daisy. Yeah? Oh, how could you let this happen? Well, you fell asleep, bro. Oh, the Lord's just punishing me. Nope, you fell asleep. You blew it. He set us up for success. How many of you know that? He set us up for success. Well, we're the ones who are just like, ah, I'm tired. I don't really feel like spending time with the Lord. I'm tired. And I get it. I'm tired. What's more important? Because what I immediately think of is that scripture where Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Right? I think of that all the time. Right? And it's used in all sorts of different circles and all sorts of kind of contexts and whatever. This is the context we're going to talk about, right? The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is always going to come. Yes? Every single time. Just like in this story, the harvest is going to come, even if it is surrounded by weeds. But how often are we saying, oh, I'm a laborer, but I'm tired. I'm sleeping, bro. I don't have time for that. I've got bigger things going on. Oopsie daisy. After oopsie daisy. After oopsie daisy. Yes? Do you get what I'm talking about? Because if I fully grabbed this, I would understand that sometimes if you want to be a reaper, just as this parable alludes to, if I want to be a reaper, I've got to go through and weed out the weeds before I can ever take up a harvest. Come on. Are we willing to do the work? Are you willing to do the work? Are you with me? Are you guys understanding what I'm talking about tonight? Right? He says, hey, where are the reapers? 
Where's the Reapers, guys? Oh, shoot. Somebody save me. No, 30. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them up. Who do you want to be in this story? Huh? You obviously want to be the wheat, but you're also the servant at the same time, so you can't be both, right? There's a reason why you are a servant first. You have to learn how to be a servant first before you can ever step into tending for a land. Yes? How many of you understand that you don't automatically get the platform every single time that you want it? You have to learn how to be a servant first and be a little boy and a little girl first before you can ever get a platform. Because then you are then launched into saying, hey, I'm a servant. Now I'm going to be a reaper. How many of you know that when you're a reaper, you have to work? And I know that sucks to hear is millennial and Gen Z's. You got to work. You have to. You got to work for it. Because this parable, the kingdom of heaven is like, this parable unlocks. If I want to be a reaper, I therefore have to weed out the weeds first. I can't just run to the harvest. A lot of us have this fantasy land Teletubbies mentality where I just walk up to a huge old field and I say, oh man, it's all mine. And I get to just grab it all. How many of you know that I have never seen a place, I've never seen a city where it's all wheat? I've never seen a ministry. <laughs> I've never seen a church that is all wheat. You gotta weed out the weeds. Are you hearing me? You're not entitled to anything until you serve first. I don't care what prophetic word's been spoken over your life. I don't care. I don't care what you feel like the Lord is leading you down. Learn how to be a servant first, and then he will launch you. Right? I'd rather not know the prophetic over my life. <laughs> I, I know. All, and I said, well, Lex, I thought you were Pentecostal. I am. I'm very Pentecostal. But there's some times where I just, like, man, I don't even want that. I don't even want to know that that's on my horizon. Right? People come up to me all the time. Hey, dude, I had a dream about you a couple days ago. I'm like, no, don't tell me about it. Right? I don't want to know. I just want to be obedient with where I am. But then they tell me about the dream, and it's like, oh, frick, now i got to look forward to that. You know, like, ah, dude, I just want to be obedient with where I am. I just want to be a dad. I just want to be, I just want to be a husband. I just want to be obedient to where I am. I don't even want to think of that. That seems so far away. It seems terrifying. I don't want to self-manifest it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I just want to be obedient with where I am. I want to be a servant. I want to serve. You get me. Are you hearing me? Yes. Are you satisfied with where the Lord has you today? 
Because if you're not satisfied with where, where the Lord has you today, you'll never be satisfied in 50 years. Because you'll be like, oh, that's not what I thought it would be like. Think of it. I could take you to dinner at Del Frisco's. And I could say, hey, dude, this is, I could build this steak up, right? This is the best steak you could ever have. This is just going to blow your mind. You're never going to want to eat again. This is going to be the best thing. It's going to satisfy you to all the depths, right? And then you eat it, and you're just like, ah, it's just steak. It's all right. It's good. But you built it up to something, right? Because that's what we do in our brains. We build things up, right? That's why you always want to have sex before marriage. You're just like, oh, it's so important. Oh, great. It's just this huge thing. I have to have sex. Hey, guess what? It's great, but like, it doesn't, rev it's not the thing that makes my world spin round. Do you get it? Because we build it up to such an extent. Just stop, chill out, be satisfied with where the Lord has you today. Hello? Today, be a servant today because your next promotion is pulling weeds. Right? And it's interesting to me. And I, I haven't studied this enough, so I'm just going to launch it out for you and I'll let you chew on it for the week. It's interesting to me that he calls servants, servants, and reapers, reapers. They're two different types of people, yes? It's very interesting to me <laughs> that the reapers have to pay for the servants' lack, in a sense. But what's even more interesting is that the reapers are willing to do it. Right? Our culture has prostituted the term, oh, you reap what you sow. They prostituted that term. They're taking it completely out of context. No, I just get to reap. I get to reap. If I sow into something, sure. If I buy into something, if I partner with the Lord, great. I can call that sowing, sure. But I get to reap and actually be be the one who's pulling the weeds and grabbing the wheat and saying, I'm taking that into the barn. What's the barn? What's the barn? Heaven? It's a destination, right? The barn is obviously a place. Yes? Are you with me? Okay. Isn't that cool? Super cool, right? So after I just shared all of that, I want to tell you what Jesus had to say about it. Okay? You still with me? Yeah. I'm not going to forgive about time tonight because I'm burning up with this. Okay? Talk about burning hearts, burning up with this. Right? Okay. Verse 36. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Jesus uh, gave another parable in between there. Maybe another two of you even want to call it that, the mustard seed and the leaven, right? And they're just glazing right past those ones, <laughs> saying, Dude, what's up with the weed parable, Right? And what's a bummer is their even mentality on it. 
the parable of the weeds. Right? And sure, I get it. Great. The weeds is a little bit, it takes a little bit of the spotlight in it. Right? Kind of highlights the, the weeds a little bit more as Jesus tells the parable. But shouldn't, be, shouldn't this be the parable of the wheat? Shouldn't it be? Whatever. Tell us what's going on with the parable of the weeds. He answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. He's going to map this out just really easily. Okay. The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. See? Look at you guys. You, you did a good job. You passed that test. You know, that's the first A you've gotten in a while. The harvest is... <laughs> I'm sorry. Not Benji or Allie. Just some of you guys. <laughs> I know. You struggled. <laughs> Thank you. The weeds are the son of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. You with me? Pretty cool, yes? So we can kind of skip that first entire half, and then we will go to um, 42. I want to read this one more time. Uh, after the fiery furnace part, because we, we get it, right? In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pause there. In that place, the fiery furnace place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yes? What's the weeping signify? Crying? Good. Yeah, I like it. What else? What's the weeping signify? When you weep, Sad? Okay. What's it signify? We, we throw these terms out all the time. Oh, it's just weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, yeah, let's move on. What's the weeping signify? Mourning? Good. Sorrow, right? But also remorse. The fiery furnace is an eternal place of sorrow and remorse. How many of you know what remorse is? Huh? Help him out. What's remorse mean? Regret. Oh, frick, I was wrong. I hate being wrong, dude. Imagine that for all eternity. Okay, what's the gnashing of teeth? Anger. Okay. What else? Oh, come on. Pain, good, yeah, yeah, pain. That's going to be hot. <laughs> Baptist in me, what? Fear, yes. Good. What else? Weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
or ah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's extreme anxiety, crippling pain. Sounds fun, right? So why are we living in it today? Tell me. Have you already just thrown yourself into that place? Why are we anxious as a culture? Just a question. I'll stop there. Verse 43. Is your verse 43 just a little bit in a different font, a little bit of a different look to it? No? Anybody's? Is it all in caps or anything like that? No? Oh, gosh, you guys could get some new Bibles. (laughs) Just got ripped off from a whole beautiful prophetic picture of what's going on here. The same way when uh, John the Baptist said, you brood of vipers, right? Do you remember this? You brood of vipers. That's in a different font and a different font. uh, uh, It's all in in, uh, caps, right? Reason that is is because John the Baptist is nodding to an Old Testament revelation. Okay, the same thing goes for this. It reads, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. The righteous will shine like the sun. Yes, that part. So this is actually a nod to Daniel chapter 12. So turn there. We're almost done. I know you guys are like, ah, get over it. Go to Daniel chapter 12. And I just want to read all of Daniel chapter 12. Because, and there's a a specific term for this uh, that I used to know, but now, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's it, dude. Good job. Rement? Remez, there she is. I taught him that. <laughs> yeah. Remez. This is what's called a remez in scripture. Dude, that's so cool that you remember that. Ah. Preached on that like three years ago. This is called a remez. R-E-M-A-Z? Easy. Easy. And what this is is when Jesus or one of the uh, some of the New Testament writings nods or says, Hey, I'm gonna recall on something to prove a point to someone. Then they launch all the way back to a familiar scripture in the Old Testament that was recognizable so that he could prove a greater and deeper point. Okay? And the thing is, is what Jesus does here is he's like, hey, I'm going to highlight this one scripture. But what I'm actually doing is highlighting everything around the scripture. (laughs) Okay? It's this really cool thing. And that's why I want to read Daniel chapter 12. Okay? 
Yeah? yeah? We're almost done. All right, just humor me, okay? Daniel chapter 12. It reads, Now at the time of Michael, the great prince, who stands guard over the, son, over the sons of your people, will arise, and there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there will, was a nation until that time, and at that time your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be rescued. Okay? So this is a nod, remember? Okay? Verse 2. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake these to, these to everlasting life, but others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. Verse 3. Here is the verse that he's highlighting. Those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Isn't that cool? Isn't this cool? Come on, right, baby? Verse 4. But as for you, but as for you, Daniel, conceal, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others were standing, one on this bank of the river and the other on the bank of the river. On that bank, sorry, on that bank of the river. And one said to the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the rivers? How long will it be until the end of these wonders? I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters in the river, and as he raised his right hand and his left towards heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time times and half a time it's like three and a half years okay all right don't let that trip you up and as soon as they finish shattering the power of the holy people and the events will be completed as for me i heard but i could not understand so i said my lord what will be the outcome of these events? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end of time. Mainly, many will be purged, purified, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. From the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of the... Uh, yeah, that's good. Okay, you get it? You see what Jesus is nodding to? Isn't that so cool? Isn't that just beautiful? Like, oh man, we are spoiled rotten kind of thing, right? He saying, hey, this is where I got that parable from, baby. This is where it came from. And look at what's promised. And hey, conceal it. Keep it within you. Yes, seal it up within you. And watch. Right? Just like the master watched. All of the weeds and the wheat grow and grow and grow until harvest. We are to do the same thing. Yes? But we're supposed to be obedient with what the Lord is telling us to do. Whatever that might be. I can't throw a big old blanket over this room. But what I can do is saying, hey, be obedient to what he is telling you to do. Isn't that cool? So what do we do with this? I don't know. Do with what you want with it. Seriously, you're adults. 
I'm not going to give you three application points. Not that they're bad, but you're adults. If this means enough to you, do something with it. Right? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to partner with? Or do I just want to keep on making excuses of why the enemy keeps on stealing, killing, and destroying? Or do I want to take some ownership as a servant and say, hey, I'm going to do something. I am literally going to do something. What's beautiful is that the servants understood before the harvest that there was weeds amongst them. Yes? Are you hearing me? The servants understood this. And this is a nod to Hebrews 5.14, where we need to be growing in our discernment of the good and the evil. We need to be understanding. We need to know that something's off. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and be really, really careful about everything else. Even me. You need to be careful about me. I'm serious. You shouldn't just hang on every single word that I say. I could be wrong. I've preached messages that I don't believe in anymore. I'm trying not to, but hey, it happens. There's thought lives and belief lives that you're saying, I believed that? Yeah, I do the same thing. You have to be careful of me, too. Good thing you've got a pastor who really cares. Good thing. But hey, I need you to hang on every single word in here, far beyond every single word in me. Yes? yes. Do you hear me? Please hear me, right? Because you won't know until it's harvest time. Whether it's a friend, whether it's a word, <laughs> whether it's a prophetic, whether it's whatever, you won't know until it's harvest time. You won't know, maybe, until it's too late. You need to get alone with Jesus. You need to know Jesus better than you know my voice, better than you know where I'm about to go in a message. You better know Jesus more than that. Period. Because that's the only way you're going to gather up wheat. And I'm sorry. I know may maybe you haven't tasted leading somebody to the Lord before. It's worth it. Right? It's worth it. What was that story um, you told me? Would you go through it all again? I don't know. That's why I'm being vague. Yeah. Why did like he was trying to say like get seeds for a long time and um, he found out that the seeds were planted by accident by his wife and his children it was a bad like grocery bag question I've never even thought of. Yeah. Would you? Would you go through whatever it is? 
all again just to see one person saved? Would you walk through this entire life just to see one person saved? Your answer should be yes. If it's not yes, ah, go, go get in the closet, okay? <laughs> your answer should be yes. Only way to see that breakthrough is to be a servant first. Are you hearing me? It's the only way. You're still obeying every single one of your master's commands. But Paul understood this. I'm a bond servant to Christ. He made sure everybody knew it too, right? We have to be the same way. I'm not saying, hi, I'm Christian bond servant of Christ, but no, hey, you can tell I'm different. Because I know who my master is. And if the Lord wakes you up at one o'clock, you know what that's for. It's to get on your knees and start praying for whoever's on your mind, whatever's on your mind. If the Lord wakes you up at 4 a.m., you know what to do. You get it? If the Lord, <laughs> you get it? Or if you start, if the demonic's after you, you know what to do. Hello? You know what to do, right? You get alone with the Lord. Hey, guess what? Christianity is the easiest thing. Fall in love with Jesus. Serve your master. Don't overcomplicate it from there. You get it?